There's a lot of places that you could be this morning. You could be on the beach. You could be at home. You could be watching online. Welcome to those that are watching online. Um, how many of you are glad to, to be here surrounded by the presence of God and the person sitting next to you? How many are happy? Why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, I'm so happy to be sitting next to you this morning, and you look beautiful. I don't know if you can say that to a guy. Tell the person next to you you're beautiful. Um, one of the things that um, I'm really appreciative of is us taking communion every week. And there's a power uh, of, of the sacrament of communion and what happens when we, uh, it's not just us remembering what Christ did for us, but there's something that acts upon our lives as we take it. And, and um, one of the things that we've been, if you're here for the first time, we've been going through um, this series called Abide through the book of John and looking at just the exhortations that, that Jesus gives throughout the different chapters of John. And we're in John chapter 15. Last week we talked about uh, what it means to be free and freedom in Christ. Uh, John chapter 15, we're going to be talking about abiding and how Jesus encourages the believer to abide in him. Um, so how many of you have heard have heard that scripture before where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Unless you abide in me, you can do nothing. How, how many have heard that scripture before? How many of you have ever wondered what it means to abide in Christ? Has, has that been very clear to everyone, what it means to abide in Christ? Because it's clear how we can abide in a house or abide in Kahului or abide in Wailuku. But to abide in a person is, is kind of a strange concept. But I think one of the things that we'll learn in this, in this passage of scripture is what it means to be surrounded or getting our life from, getting our salvation from, uh, from the, the person of who Jesus Christ is. So there's going to be three different things that we jump into this morning in what it means to abide. We're going to be closing out this series, and then next week we're going to be jumping into a new series on, on the wisdom of Proverbs and soaping as a family, a corporate family together. And so I'll explain a little bit more about that uh, in this message. But there's three points in this message this morning. Number one, um, as we close out this series on abiding, we're going to be talking about uh, what it means to abide in Christ. So everyone say abide in Christ. Number two, what it means to abide in his word. Everyone say abide in his word. And then the last thing, to abide in his love. Everyone say abide in his love. So there's three things that Jesus talks to us about in, in John chapter 15, abiding in him, abiding in his word, and abiding in his love. And the way that I, as, as I'm reading the progression through this, one of the things that, um, analogy that sticks out to me is there's a scripture that says that it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So he works something in our lives and then we work it out. He works in us the desire to do what's right. And then in response, we, we take our faith and we execute what he puts it in our hearts. How many of you have experienced that? Anyone experienced that? One person experienced that. Well, let me explain. A lot of us think that what we desire and our desire to serve God comes from ourselves. How many of you know that? There's nothing good that comes from our own selves. But whenever we desire to follow God, it's actually a gift that he puts in our lives. I remember when I was in college, 
And I had a bunch of friends that we grew up in the youth group here uh, in this church together. And once we got to college and there was partying and we could drink and our parents weren't around, uh, all of my friends went crazy. And I was the only guy out of my group of friends that kept going to church. And I remember getting really upset at my friends and thinking, like, if my friends are like this, then they deserve to go to hell. You know, that was my attitude. And, and I remember talking to God, and God said, if, if they knew what you knew, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Because it's my grace that's operating in your life to make the choices that you're making. And if it wasn't for me, you would be doing the same thing. And I was very humbled by that. And it was the first time that I realized that God works in me both to will, to desire, and to do of his good pleasure. So how many of you have a desire to follow God? And that's him working in you, both to will, and how many fall short sometimes? That you want to do what's good, but then sometimes it's just fall short. It's also his grace, not just to will to do, but also to do his good, his good will in our lives. And so um, one of the things that we're going to, one of the analogies that I, I was thinking through in explaining the scripture, that he calls us to abide in him, to abide in his word, and then to abide in his love. When we abide in him, there's something that happens where his word and who he is abides in us, but then to abide in his love, it says, the same way that you know my love, I want you to love others. There's the commandment of doing his will, and in doing his will, we're working it out. So if you can think about it like this, every one of us have a diet, and we love to eat certain foods. Um, some of those foods are good, some of those foods are not good. And there's a diet that we have, and once we consume what we eat, then to stay healthy, we need to both consume what's good, but then we also need to exercise. How many of you love exercising? Yay, some of us. I don't. I have a really hard time exercising, but I'm going to get better at it. Um, so let's read the scripture together, and then we'll jump into this word. So John chapter 15, 9 through 12. Let's read it at the count of three. One, two, three. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love, and if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Let's, let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that... Every word that you speak to us gives us the ability to understand you, to know you, to abide in you. And every word that you've spoken to our lives, it's because your intention is that you would your joy would remain in us and that we would find our fulfillment and our joy in acting out what you, your will for our lives. And so, God, I just pray that as we jump into your word this morning, God, that you would enlighten your word to our hearts and that we would have the desire to do it, not just the des desire and understanding to do it, but, Lord, that you'd give us the will and the, the ability to do the things that you place in our hearts. So thank you for every person here this morning. Thank you for everyone online. We just pray that your spirit would speak to us and then to move in us to, to be able to put into practice the things that we understand today. 
We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So the first thing, abide in Christ. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the, in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. John 15, verse 4. Um, that, that topic of abiding in something, we can all abide in something that's not Christ. And a lot of times we do un- unknowingly. Uh, a couple of years ago, I preached this whole sermon series on keeping away from the things that are toxic in our lives because a lot of times we find fulfillment in things that are not Christ. And we do it unknowingly. And one of the things that God was putting his finger on in my life was social media and how long I spent on social media. Uh, my kids, they're on social media way too long. They're on their phones, like, all the time. Last night, I, one of my daughters was giving me a little bit of attitude, and I, was, I, I made the excuse to take her phone away because she had that attitude. It wasn't really the attitude that bothered me. It was that she's always on her phone. So I said, you know what? You're grounded. And I took her phone away, and it's still in a drawer somewhere in my house. And if she's watching this, like, you, you don't know where, where it is yet. And I'm not going to give it back to her for probably another day. Because there's something, about, there's something about the phone that's very addictive. How many of you would agree with that? That they have designed phones and social media and different things to keep you on it. And I remember God putting his finger on that in my life and saying, stay away from the phone. And so I stayed away from it for a period of, I think it was about a year, uh, Facebook and Instagram. I don't, I don't hardly spend any time on those things anymore. But one of the things that he told me to do was to go through my Facebook feed. I'm sorry, I'm going to disclose something to you this morning. Go through my Facebook feed and then to silence all the stories of all of my friends <laughs> and then to learn about certain different things. And so one of those things was uh, finance. And so I would put like different things of finance in there. So every single time I opened up Facebook, all these finance things would come up and I started learning about finance, which is what got me into crypto. And then now I teach a class on it uh, and, and a lot of people have benefited from it. And so uh, what we put in front of our eyes is really important. And a lot of times we don't even know that we're abiding in something that's not good until like we have to get it taken away from us. And then we're like, oh, I really like that. So uh, to give you an example, I was talking to a friend this past week and he was saying, oh, my spouse is like always on the news. And, and they say that it, it's, they know it's toxic and they know it's wrong. And they know that they always leave feeling, you know, more worked up and stuff, but they can't stop watching it. How many of you can, don't raise your hand. How many of you can relate to that? Either it's you or your spouse or someone. Uh, I, I talked to another person that was talking about their spouse again this past week. And they were saying, my spouse is so negative. And she always, uh, she always goes to people that, that will feed into her negativity. And, I, and she knows that these people feed into her negativity, but she cannot help but to talk to these people and get more negative, even though she knows it's not good. And a lot of people do things, they, they, I'll tell you my weakness. You all know what I abide in that I shouldn't abide in? My grandpa, I remember I used to go to my grandpa's house my grandpa Shimabukuro, and he was always into stocks. And he would, he would watch the news, and the ticker symbols would come out, and he would write every single stock that he had on a piece of paper. And he would just sit there, and every single day he'd write the price of his stocks and how much his portfolio is worth. 
And he, so he was one of the people that taught me about stocks and finance and stuff. And I would, I would look at that and I would think, that's such a waste of time. Like, what are you doing with your life? You're just like sitting on that couch looking at your stocks and you should be out golfing or doing something. Like, that's such a waste of time. And now I'm, I'm in my 40s and I have a cell phone that has like my portfolio and I'm always looking at it. And then when I look at it, I think, why am I looking at this? Like, what's, what, what am I getting fulfilled with looking at numbers? But there's something that's like, I'm abiding in that's providing me this fulfillment that should come more from Christ. And so all of us abide in certain things that, that give us a sense of fulfillment, whether it's money or a sense of status or love or uh, even watching the news and something's negative and we're like, yeah, because that makes us feel like we're right and another person's view is wrong. And it feeds into the primary need that all of us have which is a sense of acceptance and a sense of love and a sense of value. And what Jesus says is abide in me, abide in my love, because that is the true source of life. That's the true food that you need that's not toxic. That will never be bad for your soul. That will never be bad for your emotions. You are designed and created to feed off of the love and the acceptance and knowing you're valued by God himself. And we try to search for that in so many other things and abide in so many other things for that sense of life. But a lot of that is junk food. It's spiritual junk food. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, because even in the physical world, how many love sugar? I love sugar. And I only knew how much I love sugar after I tried to do keto. And everything has sugar in it, even milk. And I thought milk was supposed to do a body good. But do you know that milk has tons of sugar in it? It, 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 it does. And I don't know how, it, I, anyway, our flesh wants junk food. And spiritually, like we go after emotional toxic things just by nature. And Jesus is saying, don't abide in those things, abide in me. Everyone say, abide in me. Abide in me. It's so much easier to abide in worry, to abide in fear, to abide in doubt, to, 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 to be focused on these other things than Christ. So how do we focus and abide in Christ? He answers that question by saying, abide in his word. Everyone say, abide in his word. Let's read the scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. If you abide in me and... My words abide in you. You shall ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. There's a power in understanding the word of God and praying the word of God where we can see um, answers to prayer. Uh, I want to read a prophetic word by Cindy Jacobs. And Cindy Jacobs is um, a prophet to the nations, but she put out this uh, email that talked about uh, what they were hearing as a group of prophets for the, the year of 2022. And uh, this is what she said. She said, trust God. In the last season, Satan was shaking the nations, but now God is going to do the shaking. This will result in a wealth transfer that can be used for the great harvest of nations. Believe God to upgrade everything in your life during this time. Miracles upon miracles will manifest in a glorious shaking. 
During this era of the Holy Spirit, many prodigals will come back to the Lord, and we are believing the Turnaround Tuesday movement where the body of Christ fasts on Tuesday for the salvation of families and for prodigals to come home. God will also shake and prune the church to prepare to receive them along with the great harvest. How many of you are believing for God to move in someone's heart that you know used to, to love the Lord, used to come to church and has kind of fallen away? And, and God, through this prophetic word, is saying that this year will be a year where prodigals come back. There will be a special emphasis, and this is what I want, want to emphasize. There will be a special emphasis in 2022 on the family. God is calling families to build the family altar in their homes and pray with and for their families. The blessing given in Genesis 22, 17 through 18 is for us today, that through our offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. How many of you believe that God is going to use your family to bless the nations of the world and bless the nations of the earth. Um, one, of the, one of the big things that I abided in that was wrong was a lie that my children would be impacted by the public school system. There was a time years ago when uh, we had our kids in Emmanuel Lutheran and we didn't have the money to send them to private school. And so I was just wrestling, like, how are we going to send them to private school? I don't want them to go to public... Uh, private school. I don't want them to go to public school and, and, you know, pick up all these bad things. And so I was just like stressed out. And I was reading the word one morning. And while I was reading the word, uh, Isaiah 59, 21 came up and it says, as for my family, uh, and as for me, this is the Lord speaking. This is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I've put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or the mouth of your offspring, or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. And there was a fear that I had in my heart. I was abiding in this worry, and I was abiding in this fear that something was going to happen to my kids, and I didn't have the money to keep them out of it. And when I read this, it was like the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and changed that fear into this confidence that that everything that I experienced in the Lord, every word that I heard from him could not be stolen, not only from me, but it couldn't be stolen from my kids and my kids' kids. He not only promised that for my life, but he promised that for my kids and another generation, their kids. And so I cannot tell you the peace that came over my heart when I read that scripture because it was like God speaking that word straight to me. And when that happened... It was crazy because the next year, every single one of my kids had Christian teachers. It was, whoa, I hate that sound. <laughs> that, that, I'm sorry, whoever's phone that was, like, I'm not saying that. I have an alert on my phone that, I mean, anyway, that's a bad sound for me. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a bad, bad, bad sound for me. Um, like, where am I? Um, yeah, Christian teachers. And, and God just worked uh, in a way that I just saw his hand over the life of, of my kids. And, and God has promises waiting for you in the word. That while you read the word, it's not just going through a book and a, a bunch of words on a page. But there's something supernatural and spiritual where God wants to communicate something specifically to you. And he's waiting 
for you to be able to read through that so that he can speak something into your life. The same way that God's spirits spoke into the darkness and in the darkness created this light, there's darkness in every one of our hearts. It could be fear, it could be anxiety, it could be confusion, it could be worry, it could be doubt. Whatever it is, there's things in our lives that need that spoken word of God to shed light on. And when we read the Bible in a disciplined fashion, something amazing happens when we're expecting God to speak to us. That whatever it is that we need, God's word can speak light into those areas and change and transform our hearts. And then in that, our, our circumstance and situation. I, I really don't think that what happened in the, in the school system with my kids would have happened if I didn't receive that word from the Lord and believe that word and then see it come to pass. But because I was listening and, and, and expecting God to speak, he spoke something into existence that, that was not there before. Um, so abiding in his word, um, there, there was a, there was, so starting next week, we're going to jump into the series on soaping. And along with that theme of building the family altar, we want to encourage all of our families to soap together and find a time where you can, you can get into the word Proverbs uh, with your kids. And we're going to be doing a, a campaign that uh, we do every year to get us focused back on uh, reading the scripture with our kids. And so there's this handout that's inside your bulletin, the soap challenge, and um, we're shameless about uh, rewarding our kids for spending time in the word. And uh, at fr the first time that we did this, we thought, oh, this is bad. But then we reward our kids with, you know, incentives to do chores and work. And I think it's, it's good to incentivize them as well that there's a value on the word of God. And so uh, We've heard a lot of feedback from the kids. Like, we love the soap challenge because we can earn money reading the Bible. So um, our preschool to elementary kids, a dollar per soap uh, for the month of February. Middle school and high schoolers, dollar per soap up to 20. And then above 20, uh, you get a raffle ticket to get a $50 Target card. Pretty shameless, yeah. Um, so we just throw that out uh, just as a fun thing in our church to help people uh, get in their word. Uh, we're going to show a video that, um, that Jake made for the soap challenge. Thanks for seeing me, Doc. I got so many problems, I don't even know where to start. What are you again? Oh, I'm a soap journal. I'm a sad, sad soap journal. It all started when they unboxed me and put me on a table in the church lobby. Free journals! Well, suggested donation of $5, but still, a journal! Someone took me home and then forgot all about me like old parchment. And how did that make you feel? Oh, Doc, it was awful. I thought I'd be collecting notes and insightful thoughts. Instead, I collected dust. And they call this a dust jacket. Yeah, right. Oh, um, speaking of which, your cover's open. My cover's open? What? Does this offend you? Are you ashamed? Well, take a look at this! Oh, my Dunder Mifflin. Look at me! Look at me! I'm as white as my unlined cousin! Paper my age should be inked front to back, but I don't have one jot, not one scribble, not one transparent cube! Okay, okay, I get it. Just cover yourself, please. I just don't get it, Doc. When is it my turn? I gotta be out there, moving around, on the go! What do I look like, stationary? You've clearly got a lot on your mind. 
Hey, I ain't no sandpaper, jock. They're as dumb as they are rough. I'm nicer than that. Well, it's not like I'm quilted. <laughs> I don't get it. And maybe that's the point. You don't get it. You don't know what it's like to be milled for a purpose and then cast aside under a stack of old newspapers and Reader's Digest. I think what you need to take away from all this is hope. What good is hope? My biggest competition is Netflix. That's it. Your hope is Netflix, or rather, the end of Netflix. I don't follow. Shows only last a few episodes, a few seasons, right? And then what? Then they'll need something else to do. And that's when you come back into their lives, the silent, lined companion they've always needed. You're right, Doc. Streaming movies can't last forever. Your day will come. Yes, it will. And I will be there, waiting in all my glory. Can you please keep your cover on? Can we give a hand to Jake in that video? I know we showed that last year, but um, the, the, what was I going to say? Oh, getting rid of Netflix, focusing on the word, getting rid of abiding in other stuff and abiding in the word. Uh, February is a good time to do it. So uh, we start February. It's going to be the whole month of February. You can grab a journal out there. For those of you that aren't familiar, S is what? Scripture, O is? Observation, A is application, P is prayer, right? So uh, that's the way that uh, we journal. That's the way that I've, we're, I've taught my kids to journal. And, um, and you can get your kids to earn some money doing it this, this month. So um, I'll tell you another, just a story about scripture and the power of scripture. So my daughter, um, when she was... Alexis was young. There was a season where she was going through nightmares, and she would come to our bedroom every night at 3 o'clock in the morning, wake us up, and say, hey, I, she wouldn't say hey, she would say, mom, dad, I have a nightmare, I can't go to sleep. And so I would pray for her, and I put her back in her bed, and then the next night she'd do the same thing, next night she'd do the same thing. After the third night of waking up at 3 o'clock, I was like, God, what do I do? And, and I took her to the scripture of, of 2 Timothy 1.7, for God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I had her memorize it. And I said, the next time that you get a bad dream, don't come to me. Don't wake me up. Stay in your bed and recite that scripture until all your fear goes away. And so she memorized the scripture. And the following night, she didn't come into my room. And in the morning, I asked her, how did it go? And she said, I had a nightmare. And when I woke up, I recited the scripture. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And from that time forward, she never came into my room. She never woke me up. And I appreciated the power of the word of God. And I realized it's not just dreams and uh, a power that God gives a kid to recite a scripture so that they don't have fear. But anytime that there's any type of fear in my own life, if I go to the word and I find a scripture that matches up that fear or matches up that worry or doubt, that that can be something that I quote and I fend off the enemy in my own life, exactly like the, the fear that I had with my kids going to a public school. So, um, so the word of God is powerful. Uh, abide in the word. And then the last thing, abide in his love. Everyone say abide in his love. Abide in his love. How do we abide in his love? We abide in his love by doing his command. So after 
after we get all the junk out of our lives, all the spiritual sugar out of our lives, and we focus on his word, we hear the word of God, but then to abide in his love, we need to do the word of God. Uh, let's read the scripture, John 15, 9 through 12. One, two, three. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 9 through 12. Everything can be summed up in this, in this statement, that what God, when we abide in his, in his love, everything is about receiving the love of God by understanding his word, that when we receive his love, it's not supposed to stay there, but that God calls us to live that out and walk that out. And it's very simple. It's not a whole bunch of commands we need to follow. It's just that one commandment to love God and then to love others the way that he's loved us. Um, I'll just close with this story of um, a few weeks back, I was preaching a message on loving our enemies and how God was challenging me this year that uh, this year he didn't want me just to forgive my enemies, but he wanted me to, to go a step further and to actually love my enemies. And, um, and so my sister, she lives in Michigan, and she heard that message, and she said that the first thing that God brought to her mind was this couple that would play pickleball uh, with them in their group. And she said that this couple that, you, that would play pickleball with them, they were, they were so obnoxious. They were uh, these rich business owners, and they would treat everyone like their employees. And they would de uh, demean people, yell at people, and she said it was just so frustrating to, to have these people around. And she said that, um, that at this one tournament, they didn't show up. And they were, uh, they, because they enrolled, they had a t-shirt and they had uh, water bottles that they were supposed to get. And she was the one that ordered them all, so she had it at the house. And because they didn't show up, she still had it. And over a month went by, and she didn't see them around. And so she was like, oh, I'm so thankful that these guys are not around, and they're not causing drama on the team. And she was just, you know, kind of happy that they were gone. And then one day they showed up. They started showing up again. And God told her, I want you to make amends with this, this couple and give them their T-shirt and, uh, and their water bottle. And she was like, what? I don't want to do that. And then she heard the message, that she heard the word, and the word of God was to love other people the way that God loved her. And she said she wrestled with God. She didn't want to do it. And she said finally she was like, all right, whatever. God, I'll, I'll obey you, and I'll walk this out. So she, she took their T-shirts, their water bottles, walked across the court the next time that they were there. And she said, hey, so glad to see you guys. <laughs> I don't know if that was a, I'm so glad to see you guys. And she, she said, you guys, you didn't show up at the tournament, but hey, th these are the things that you, you paid for and just want to give it to you. And she said that the, the lady broke down and started crying and said, thank you so much. We know that we've been difficult in the past few months, but uh, 
so-and-so got cancer and we've been going through all this stuff with COVID and we haven't been ourselves. And she said that the Lord, the presence of the Lord fell. She said she started crying and that she, and amends were made between her and this couple. And she walked back and she thought, I could have so easily missed the opportunity to reach out and be God's hands and his feet and to love someone else the way that he loves me. And she said that she could have so easily just ignored the voice of God, abided in the word, but fall short of walking it out. And she said that when she did walk it out and she did obey the, the commandment to love others, that she said she experienced the presence of God in her life and not just touching her life, but the fulfillment to let the love of God flow through her to touch someone else. And, and that is what Jesus talks about. He says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you. The whole reason why God asks us to love other people, even though it's hard and difficult, is because there's a joy that God has that he wants to put in you and in me. And he says, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. How many want more joy in their life? That's something that we all need because I think right now in our culture and what's going on in, in our community, there's so, suicide is at an all-time high. Depression, anxiety are at all-time highs. There's a need for the joy of God. How, and and there's, there's this feeling of fatigue because it's just crisis after crisis after crisis. But in scripture, it says that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. How many need strength? And it comes through, it says, my joy will be in you and your joy will be full when you walk out the word that he's placed in your heart. And sometimes it's the hardest thing to do, even within your own family. Sometimes, sometimes within your own family, it's hard to forgive. It's hard to love. It's hard to serve. And God will put his finger and say, hey, say you're sorry. Hey, you make mistakes to forgive. And he'll, he'll put things in your heart that, that are hard to walk out, but when you walk it out, you'll experience the joy of God. Amen? So those three things, abide in Christ, abide in his word, and then abide in his love through walking out the word that he puts in your heart. Amen? Amen. Can we all stand up and we'll close in a word of prayer? Okay, yeah. Um, how many of you want to be that, that you want to abide in his word, you want to walk that word out, be his hands, be his feet, experience the joy that he has for every one of us? How many of you want? Why don't we just say this prayer together? Um, if you close your eyes and bow your head this morning, just say, Dear God, thank you that you love me and that you sent your son to show that love. You've forgiven me for everything in my life. And you haven't held my sins against me. Thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. Help me to be a representation of you to everyone in this world. I surrender my life to you. Thank you that you're working in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure and that it's your intent 
that your joy would be in me and that my joy would be full. Thank you that you love me. And I want you to know that I love you this morning. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.